0: Praise God! Isn't God good? Hallelujah! Well, it's 7:22, and you guys finish at what? 8:30? Is that right, Pastor? No, I'm just kidding. Everybody ran for the door. I'm just kidding. It was a joke. It was a joke. All right, real quick. I just want to talk to you real, real quick. I, I do believe in miracles. Okay. I, I'm gonna tell you. Um, I'm not gonna share my whole testimony, but I'm a miracle. If it was not for the power of God. Uh, intervening in my life I would not be standing before you today and every one of these ladies I could sit here and I could tell you stories one after another about the miracle working power of God Um, you know people will tell you um, when you use when you use drugs when you use needles um, most people I would say probably somewhere around 75 percent to 80 percent of the ladies that come to us um, and, and the men that we get into teen challenge have hepatitis c when they come into the program. And the doctor will tell you there's no cure for hepatitis C. But I can't tell you how many ladies and how many young men that got that diagnosis upon coming into Teen Challenge and entering, that when they graduated the program, the doctor said, well, we must have made a mistake because we can't find it. I've had two young ladies in five years that have come through our program that when we got them out of jail and we took them to Teen Challenge, they tested positive for HIV and then graduated the program, and the doctor said, I just don't understand it. Isn't God good? So let me just tell you, folks, we serve a mighty, miracle working God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 through 4 says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and various miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Now, yes, I want to talk about miracles, but the very first thing I want you to understand is he says right here in verse number one, we must give earnest heed to the things that we have heard. Now, how many of you know someone, or maybe you're sitting in here, and and don't raise your hand, this is rhetorical, but how many of you sitting in here, either yourself or you know someone, they come to church, they've heard the message, but they barely make it to the parking lot and they couldn't tell you what the preacher said? Like I said, don't raise your hand, okay? I'm going to tell you tonight, you need to give heed to the Word of God. Many of you have been struggling with things in your life. And, and like I said, Pastor, I thought I was going to go off and start preaching. And I was like, man, that's, that's right on target. Because we need to connect. We need to understand that God is wanting to do some things. God is wanting to break some things off of us. God is wanting to set His people free. Some people have been in bondage to sickness, to disease, to addiction, to, to financial burdens for so long. And they've heard the message preached, but they don't heed the Word of God. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beg you. Tonight, to heed this message. Grab pen, grab paper, make notes. I'll talk slow, but, but heed the word of God because God truly is. I did not ask him what he's been preaching on. I did not ask him what, what series or do you want me to preach on? I, I just I prayed and I said, Lord, what is it? And God said, there, there needs to be some miracles. These people need to understand that I still want to work mightily in their life. Verse 4 says, God bearing witness both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Now that word miracle right there is defined as a marvel, an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs, an extremely outstanding or unusual event, thing or accomplishment. A divinely natural phenomenon experienced humanly as fulfillment of spiritual law. A divinely natural phenomenon, experienced humanly as the fulfillment of spiritual God's law. I stress this word miracle tonight because, again, I believe that miracles and the and the, I believe in miracles and a God that still does them. And secondly, I believe that most of the world has no idea what a real miracle is. You know, we have, we have gotten so watered down in our language. I, I tell these ladies all the time, we, we have abused words like love. You know, I, I, I tell people, I say, you know, I, I love my truck and I love Alabama football and I love, um, you know, all these other things and I love my wife. I love my dog. Now, if you heard that, you would say, man, he loves his truck and his dog about as much as he loves his wife. No, but that's our English language. God said, I agape and I lay down my life but we don't we we don't understand and we don't understand miracle we have put miracle on whips we have put miracle on medicine we have put miracle on diets I could use one we put miracle on all these things and so when they don't happen when they don't taste good when they don't work the way we think they should miracle is just another word in our vocabulary Because what we have done is we've taken something that God said, I want to do this in your life, and we've made it just another word, just another catchphrase. And we need to understand the true miracle-working power of God. Every day, God's working miracles in your life. Today, God worked a miracle. God protected you from harm. You know, I hear people say, well, that was a coincidence. I don't even like that word in my vocabulary. I've removed it. I believe in God's I have God's every day where I run into people and I have the opportunity to share Jesus Christ with someone. We need to start looking and expecting God's in our life. Every day, this very minute, you're breathing, your organs are functioning, you're listening to me, and you're not sitting there going, listen. Breathe, listen, breathe, function, listen, breathe. It's just happening because of the Creator. Those are those are things that we just we we take for granted. I love what King David said in Psalm chapter one thirty nine, verses fourteen through eighteen. He says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you." I love that, verse 17. How precious are your thoughts towards me. Why don't more people receive miracles? Because they don't know how to ask. Because they don't understand the laws that surround them. And because we take our lives for granted, not recognizing how truly miraculous we are. So tonight, real quick, I know it's already 7.30. Give me just a couple minutes. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12 tells a story, and I'm not going to read it all, but it tells the story of the paralytic that was let down from the roof. Everybody remember that story? His friends take their paralytic buddy, and they go to where Jesus was at, and they get there, and there's so many people around that they can't get in the door. Now, if that was most of us trying to come to church on Sunday, and we couldn't find the parking spot on the first tour, we'd leave. I'm, I'm sorry, that... Um, okay. But these guys got to the door. <laughs> Amen. These guys got to the door and they recognized, hey, we can't get in. They didn't say, let's go home. They said, let's go up. And they went up and they ripped apart the roof to lower their friend down to place him before Jesus, believing God for a miracle. One of the first things that we need to understand about miracles five steps that we need to get our minds on. Five steps to miracle thinking is number one. You need to discover who you are in Christ. You need to discover who you are in Christ. Just as Jesus began this miracle with a paralytic, he forgave his sins. Every miracle that takes place starts with a spiritual blessing, receiving repentance and asking Jesus to be Lord of our lives. I didn't say be your savior. So many people want to pray that prayer. I did that. I don't want to go to hell. So Lord, forgive me. But we haven't placed him as Lord of our lives. Because we still want to do what we want to do instead of what he wants to do. When we need to make him Lord of our lives and say, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. These men were not thinking to themselves. Man, it's hot. Brother, you kind of heavy. Those stairs are steep. There's no moonroof. They didn't think about themselves. They were thinking about their friend, and we're thinking about how can I get our friend to Jesus. And the first thing Jesus said is, Son, your sins are forgiven. We need to know who we are in Christ. He needs to be our Lord and our Savior. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So the very first question we need to ask ourselves tonight before we go any further is who am I in Christ? Am I born again? The second thing we need to understand is we need to think and we need to believe in specifics, not generalities. We need to think and believe in specifics, not generalities. Miracle thinking requires that we care enough about the request that we are making to do our homework and know exactly where we stand and specifically what we're asking. In this story in Mark chapter 2, the, men, the, the men's friends knew exactly what their task was. He is not going to get healed out here and Jesus is in there. I can't get my blessing in the parking lot or in my bass boat or at Titan Stadium, but I'm going to get my blessing in the presence of God. They knew his friend had to get before Jesus and they weren't going to stop. They were thinking specifically, not in generalities. Well, maybe Jesus will pass through in a couple more weeks and we'll catch him then. No, he's here now. Let's get him there now. We know specifically he needs to be in the presence of God of Jesus. Notice in the gospels how many times Jesus asked people what do you want? You know I hear people make this religious statement all the time well he knows every thought in my head, he knows what I need, I don't have to ask for it. That's religious. We need to be specific and we need to cry out to God and say God I need healing in my body. God, I'm struggling with addiction. God, I'm struggling with pornography. God, I'm struggling with food. God, I need you to intervene in my life. And we need to speak it out and ask God specifically to meet our need. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52, is the story of blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus is sitting there and he's screaming and he's hollering, the disciples are saying, Hush, man, hush. And Jesus said, No, get him. The guy's blind. Heading on the top of the verses, blind Bartimaeus. He was blind. I'm sure he didn't get up and walk straight to Jesus. Somebody had to help him. And he gets to Jesus, and Jesus looks at him and says, "What can I do for you?" With well, Jesus, he's blind. Yeah, but he didn't ask for that. What if he had another need? Jesus said, "Oh, here comes blind Bartimaeus. Be healed." Yeah, but what about my family? Because you know they're and, and finances and oh, I thought you wanted to be healed. So he asked blind Bartimaeus, he said, what do you want? And blind Bartimaeus was specific. I want my sight restored. And Jesus said, because of your faith, you can have it. Many of us do not get the blessing and the miracle that we want because we don't ask. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. you got to ask. Yes, God knows every desire of your heart, but speak it out and tell Him about it. Number three, we need to set a time frame for our miracle. Now that doesn't mean when I get done preaching that I want my miracle by 8 o'clock tonight. That's it. That's not what that's saying. Setting a time frame for our miracle is is understanding that we need to get our our faith in cooperation with God. It's called patience. Patience is together with expectation, will lead you to the place of a miracle. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 25 says that he came to Bethsaida and they brought to him another blind man. And Jesus walks up to this blind man and he takes a little mud and a little spit and he rubs it and all this and he gets in front of the guy's eye. And when the first thing he asks the guy, he asked the guy he says, can you see? And the guy says, well, I see something. You guys kind of look like trees. But... So Jesus lays hands on him a second time. And then he gets it. Why didn't he get it the first time? He had faith to believe Jesus could heal him. And we know that Jesus is son of God, that he had the power to heal him. So why didn't he get it? Patience. So many times we quit right in the middle of what God's wanting to do in our lives. What if the man would have said, all I see is trees. Brother, you're a phony and walked away. He'd saw little images of trees for the rest of his life. What about the 10 lepers? He said, be healed, go and tell. Go tell the priest. When did they get healed? When they turned around and started doing what Jesus told them to. If they would have just stood there and said, tell the priest what? We're still lepers. We need to understand, folks, that we need to set a time frame for our miracle. We need to hook up with God. In other words, let me put it this way. You're believing God for something to happen in your life, a miracle, a healing. Just because you wake up tomorrow morning, you come down here and we pray for you, and you get get healed. And you say, oh, hallelujah, man, I feel great. And then you wake up tomorrow and you say, oh, but man, my leg was still hurting where he prayed for me last night. You will cancel out your miracle because you will allow what you feel or what you see to determine what God's done in your life. You get up in the morning and you say, oh, my leg's a little sore, but in Jesus' name last night, I was healed. And you walk it out. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people cancel out their healing. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people that say, I want Teen Challenge. I want to get off of drugs. I want to change my life. But, man, 12 months, come on, brother. Yeah, 12 months is a long time. But let me tell you, it takes 120 days for the endorphins in your body to quit craving drugs. So a 28-day program, a 45-day program just isn't going to cut it. But a 12-month program will get you past that 120 days, begin to pour some things into your life, and then teach you to walk those things out so that when you graduate, you know what you need to do because you've got that foundation, which is the Word of God. God can do it right now, but there's some things He's wanting to teach us and some things He's wanting to put in us, and some of those things take His time. Number four, we need to visualize the miracle as having already been obtained. We need to visualize the miracle as already been, have been attained. Mentally see your miracle complete. This doesn't mean that we stop doing everything to the point that we're actually doing nothing. Actually, what this means is just the opposite. In almost every miracle that Jesus performed, he required either the person receiving the miracle or those around him to take positive action. Mark chapter 2, they carried him, they went up the stairs, they tore apart the roof, They lowered him. What did the 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 man in the bed do? He had to trust his friends weren't going to drop him. His faith was engaged as well. He could could so see himself walking out of that house. He had to. I mean, think about it. You come walking up and the place is packed and you're like, I can't get in. You're going to take me up to the roof and lower me down. What if I can't get healed? How are you going to get me back up? He could see himself walking out of the house. Can you see yourself obtaining the promise that God has for your life? The miracle that he's wanting to do in your life. Can you come into Teen Challenge on that first day sick and drug sick and say, but I know when I leave, I'm going to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Can you begin to visualize it? James 1, 6 says, but let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Wave is unstable. Water is unstable. But if you believe in the promises of God, if you do not have doubt in the things that we're teaching you tonight, the things that pastor's been teaching you, if you'll hook up with those things and say, the word of God, the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I can stand on these things. I can see it. Therefore, I can believe that I can receive it. Number five, we need to be totally committed to our miracle. We need to be totally committed to our miracle. The term commit means to obligate or to pledge oneself or working to perform something. Again, in Mark chapter 2, the man's friends were committed to nothing less but seeing my friend healed. Psalm chapter 37, verses 5 through 9 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. When we commit ourselves to our miracle, we pledge ourselves to the position of recipient, expecting God to fulfill his word and that we will receive what we have asked. Listen to this. Nothing comes to pass without the intervention of God's grace. But with miracle thinking and prayer, we can prepare ourselves to live in the realm of God of the miraculous. With miracle thinking and prayer, we can live in the realm of the miraculous. Folks, we need to be willing to go above the crowd, rip off the roof, lay at the feet of the miracle worker. If you don't believe in miracles, let me just give you some proof. Because the Bible says in Matthew 7, 20, you will know them. In other words, his word will be confirmed by their fruit. Miss Brittany, would you come up here?
1: Hello, uh, my name is Brittany. I'm 26 years old and I'm from Corrigan, Texas. I, um, I'm not a student at Teen Challenge anymore. I just recently graduated, actually, at the end of uh, September. But God has just done a complete transformation in my life. And um, it's just a beautiful thing to, uh, to experience that, to have that peace and that joy that I never had before. Um, as a child, I didn't know that. I didn't know God's love because I didn't experience it. I was never taught it. Um, so... It's just, it's amazing. Uh, I got into drugs and alcohol to cover up the pain I was experiencing and uh, it led me down a path I never thought I'd be going and that's what it does. That's what the enemy does. He deceives you into thinking that, hey, do this and you'll experience perfect joy and you'll never have to worry about anything, which is a lie. Um, Because only God can satisfy those needs, and only He can um, bring you contentment and peace. And that's what He's done in my life. Um, I came to Teen Challenge uh, in August of last year, and uh, out of complete miracle, I didn't think uh, it was going to happen. I'd contacted, well, a pastor in Mississippi had contacted Pastor Tim, and. You know, I needed help, and I knew that I needed help. I didn't know where it was going to come from. Um, About two weeks later, though, Pastor Tim contacted me, asking me if I still wanted to come to Teen Challenge. And by that time, I was already back in Texas, living with my mom, um, because I didn't have anywhere else to go. My family, my other family, had really just given up on me, and I don't blame them. I was a mess, Um, but I came to Teen Challenge. And it completely transformed my life. I mean, God has just done miraculous things. He's given me that peace and that joy and comfort and um, purpose. Before, I did not have purpose whatsoever. I thought my purpose was to just get by, kind of just stand still and watch everyone else succeed and live their life, um, get family. And I didn't see that happening for me. And now I do. I have purpose. I have a vision that God's placed in my life, in my heart. And um, I just know that as long as I delight myself in the Lord, he will give me the desires of my heart. And that's what he's doing. He's placed uh, just this burning desire to go out and help other people. And that's what I'm going to do. I want to continue working through Teen Challenge because I know that this ministry works. And I... I'm living proof, you know, and it's a beautiful thing to um, to live it out, to live the word out, because that's what we're called to do, not just be hearers, but doers of the word. And that's what really changes things, is when you get into his word, and because it's living and it's active, it's alive, and just to live it out, that's what we're called to do. And I want to go overseas eventually and just help others know that there is a God out there who loves you and who cares and wants things to to be good in your life, to, to just bask in the goodness of God, because it's a wonderful thing to have. And I'm just so appreciative. I give God all the glory, because it's all because of him. I I'm, would not be standing here right now if it weren't for him. You know, and just, it's beautiful. And the verse that I stand on is Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Thank y'all so much.
0: Ms. Jana.
2: Hi, my name's Jana. Um, I'm from right here in Cookville. I'm 35. I grew up in a really good home. I have... I have parents that are still married for 40 something years. Um, I grew up knowing to be independent, and I knew right from wrong. Um, I grew up athletic, and I got through high school and college and was living the normal, what the world would call an everyday good life. Um, That got real repetitive and going through the motions. Um, I found myself with two kids and married and ended up divorced. Um, During this time, I held things together um, I always went to a small church where, uh, where I knew who God was, but I did not know God. I, I, I wasn't taught um, to love God, to know God, to have reverence for God. Um, so when, when my, mal- my marriage fell apart, I, I had a longing for something. And um, it turned out that I opened a door to another man that, uh, that just started some destruction in my life. Um, I ended up on drugs with him. Um, He had a hard childhood, so I thought my great childhood and my my wonderful family, that I could change him, that I could save him, that I could do all these things. And um, God showed me real fast that I can't do anything. I ended up on drugs, full-fledged drug addict. Um, After physical abuse, I didn't know what to do anymore. I knew to leave. I knew to leave. I did. But I was so ashamed. And I felt so much guilt, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know to turn to God. I couldn't go to my family because I I couldn't let them know what had happened. So I just dove straight deeper into drugs. I ended up in jail. I ended up one bad relationship after another. um, And I didn't care anymore. I had two beautiful kids and I knew my parents would take care of them and I just didn't care. Um, After serving 10 months in jail, I looked around, and it, it was just all of a sudden God just got a hold of me and said, if, if you don't get out, if you don't ask me to help you right now, this is going to be your life. You're going to come in and out of your kid's life, and you're going to destroy your family. And that's what I did. Um, I reached out to Pastor Tim, and he performed a miracle because they didn't want to let me come here. They said that I was uncooperative, that, that they just didn't want to fool with me. They wanted me to do my jail time and end up right back in jail so he got me out, he brought me to Teen Challenge. When I walked in Teen Challenge, I felt love. These people wanted me here. I didn't have anything left, so they didn't want anything from me. They just wanted to see me get better. But I still had a problem. I still did not believe. I had had a husband that hurt me, and I didn't know what to do. I couldn't believe in people that looked like they were good. I couldn't believe in a God I couldn't see when I'd been let down so much. So after about three months, I was doing good and I was learning. Um, Finally, I just said, I believe. I believe this. I'm sorry I didn't, but I do. And right then, God just opened it up, just like a floodgate on me. It was more powerful than any drug I've ever picked up, than any man that's ever touched me. From that day on, um, it's just set me free. I know the word is truth. I see it. Um, it ministers to me differently now. I see things on that page that that speak to me in ways that I, I can't tell you how they speak. And these people that God's aligned here to me, Pastor Tim and the staff, even the students, they're all here for a reason. This is not just a coincidence. We're all here for a reason. We're all a miracle. Every day I see it. And I just, I'm thankful. I have hope. My parents see me and and they... My mom even said, that's not my daughter. But now she sees me and she says, that's my girl. You know, they know I'm coming home. My babies know I'm coming home. And for every blessing God gives me, I just wanna bless somebody else. There are other ladies out there that don't feel like they have hope and we do, and it's in Jesus Christ.
0: Just real quick. Chelsea, how long were you looking at jail time? Six years. She's looking at six years in jail. Had a Christian attorney that reached out to me and said, Hey, I've got a young lady that does not need to sit in jail. Can you help her? The judge found favor, uh, got her into Teen Challenge. In March, she will get her credentials with the Assemblies of God. <laughs> Binkley, how long were you looking at? Looking at 11 years, three different counties. I don't know how much gas I spent on this young lady going from jailhouse to jailhouse trying to track her down. But again, we found favor with the judges. He allowed her to go to Teen Challenge. She came back. She's been working for us for a little over a year. She just got—I mean, 11 years. Just that stuff just doesn't go away. She was still looking at about nine years, eight to nine years of probation. Uh, we just got all the letters today. As a matter of fact, she is officially off probation. <laughs> Ms. Stephanie, how long were you looking at? 23 years, up in a little place called Pee Wee Valley, Kentucky. Didn't even know there was such a place. 23 years in Pee Wee Valley Prison. And somebody reached out to us and said, hey, I've got a young lady, could you help her? We called the judge, we called the DA, and again, God did a miracle, and this young lady has been with us for f- four months now. Amen. Now, I could go down the road, but I'm not going to. But I just want to tell you, folks, if you're in here today and you don't believe in the miracle power of the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have any idea what you're missing because he's got great things in store for you. Amen. Thank you so much for having us, Pastor.